Hi, I'm Siobhan Hunt, and this is Kindling Conversation, a Kindling Kids radio podcast. Just a quick note before we get into the next episode. If you haven't already, I'd love you to rate and review Kindling Conversation wherever you get your podcasts, or if you enjoy the episode, share it with your friends. It's always great for more parents to hear these stories and get the information. All right, thank you, and on with the show. Hi, and thank you so much for joining us. It is time for the Kindling Helpline. I'm Sally Knight, or Miss Sally, uh, from Play and Learn. That is Kindling's 10 a.m. weekday program for early learners and preschoolers. And I'm filling in for Chev today. I'm currently six months pregnant with my first baby, so I know I'll be learning a lot from you and all of your questions. I'll be trying not to freak out too much, <laughs> taking lots of mental notes. Uh, but Chris Minogue is here, mothercraft nurse extraordinaire. Hi, Chris. Hi, how are you? Good. <laughs> Chris has got 30 years' experience working uh, with families, with young children and babies, and um, she's seen it all. So she can help you with sleep, routines, um, tantrums, fussy eaters, uh, anything really. So if you've got a question for Chris, now is the time to get in touch. We're live on Facebook, so if you want to comment underneath the video, please go ahead. Um, or if you'd like to speak with Chris in person, you can telephone us. The number to call is one eight hundred Kids Radio. That's one eight hundred Kids Radio. Um, and our first question today, let's get straight into it. Chris sure. comes from Sierra. Uh, this one was from Facebook Live last week, so we're um, catching up on this question today. Um, Sierra says, "What are some tips to encourage your two-year-old to talk? My son is very expressive and communicates in other ways, but he's a child of very few words." And um, she says, "Thanks in advance." Well, Sierra, hopefully we can encourage him to talk a little bit more. Um, And I think the important thing here is to know when to maybe go and get other help. So what's normal with talking? And they can have as few as six words as a two-year-old and they can have full language as a two-year-old. So it's really hard to navigate. So one of the criteria is can you understand what he's talking about? So he might say words that I might not be able to understand but you can understand. But to encourage him to talk, you can do two things. One is to socialise him so he hears other people talking all the time. And another tip that was given to me by a speech pathologist is to read to him in a very specific way. So there's storybooks that he reads and that you're reading to him, but there's lots of language in that. So picking maybe a book with one picture and one word. So it might have a flower and the word flower, then the next one is boat and the word boat. And take a little bit of time in the day to say things like flower, boat, ball, bat through the book. And after a little while, say to him, what's that? And see if he can start repeating the word back to you. And the other thing I encourage is that um, sort of incidental chatting that you do to children. So they're sitting in the back of the car and you say, what's that over there? And he goes, bus, plane, building, bus, bus, bus. He says it over and over again. So encourage him to talk is one part of it. And the other part is if you did that for a good couple of months and you didn't see any real improvement with him is to maybe go and see um, a local speech pathologist who might be able to give you some more hints on encouraging him to to just bring his language on. I think when they're the first child, sometimes we talk for them. So we say, do you want a biscuit? And he says, yes. 
It doesn't have to say yes anything no else. Answers. Yeah. So <laughs> if you answer, if you um, ask a question by asking a question, the likely answer is yes or no or a point. So um, you know, encouraging him to say, "What would you like? Show mummy what it is that you want." That's a banana. That's going to encourage his language to come on. Fantastic. Well, I hope that goes well, Sierra. Thank you for your message. And um, this is Kindling Helpline on Kindling Kids Radio. If you would like to get in touch and you've got a question for Chris, then um, please do. You can comment in um, Facebook underneath the video or you can give us a call on 1800 Kids Radio. Our next question comes from Tanya and this one is via email. She got in touch with us earlier in the week. Tanya says, hi, I have a 15-month-old who is obsessed with the boob and frequently refuses to eat when I am around. She's working part-time and eats well when I'm not there. She wakes four to eight eight times a night, only resettling with me and has to be fed using me as a dummy. (laughs) She (laughs) She wants to reduce her dependency and cut down night feeds to one or two but wondering if it would be easier for her to adjust if I stop feeding altogether and she won't take expressed milk um, in the bottle either. Oh, Tanya, you're a very busy mum. So I think the best approach here is to, one, know that a 15-month-old doesn't necessarily need milk feed. So children can often um, wean themselves from 12 months and they take you know, water from a bottle or a cup and uh, milk from a cup. So the, the, the message here is to work out what would work for you and your daughter and for you to be quite strong about when it is that you're happy to give her a breastfeed. So the really good thing is she knows what she's doing because when you're not there, she's quite capable of eating and she's, you know, can, you know, eat for other people really well. So I think... Um, this one, you need to choose when you're happy to breastfeed. So whether that's twice in the day and once overnight or whether you're happy to wean her um, all together um, and whether you're happy to give her one breastfeed in the evening and one overnight. And then it's a bit like anything we try and teach this age group. The consistency of what you do is how it works. The other really Um, alternate way of doing it if you chose to fully wean, which will be a little bit difficult in the months of January and February, is we actually put a turtleneck on like a skivvy or a jumper Ah, so that they can't get at you um, because usually they claw your top off you until they get where they're going. But that can be a little bit difficult in the middle of um, summer. So what you might find is that you wean them down. So you say, I'll give a one in the evening and one overnight. And around that behaviour, you treat it just like that. So encouraging her to go back to sleep, helping her go back to sleep. You might need your partner's help to do this because she seems to be better for others if she doesn't see you. Um, and that will slowly wean them down. And then maybe when it's cooler, then you can actually get rid of the last couple of breastfeeds. So I think the the really um, positive thing here is she can do it for everybody else. So it's just a matter of finding that rhythm between the two of you. But trust me, you're going to have to be strong. Um, But it takes about three to five days, but she gets there. Okay. So take a deep breath and go forth. Yes. Thank you very much, Tanya. And good luck with that. Um, You are listening to Kindling Conversation. This is the Kindling Helpline. And we've got Mothercraft nurse Chris Minogue here with us in the studio. So if you've got any questions, you can pop them below the video on Facebook or you can send us a message on um, SMS if you like. If you've got your phone out, the number is 0437 
200. Let me say that one more time. 0437 200. And our next question here comes from Pip. Um, Pip asks, how long should I be patting my five-month-old for re-resting, especially during the day? Oh, um, so a five-month-old generally takes two nap, uh, two sleeps and one nap. So um, they usually sleep roughly about four hours in the mm. day if you make it up that way. Resettling, I would probably, with a five-month-old, I'd pat until they're calm and then I'd leave to see if they can start settling themselves. So to reduce actually the amount of patting that you're doing. But I know that sometimes they're just very persistent. And so my patting would probably be no longer than 15 to 20 minutes. But I, hopefully what might you happen... Arm. <laughs> you do. Well, you sit on the floor and yes. you need a cot that you can fit your arm through and pat her. But um, I'd, I'd actually try and start patting her till she's calm, maybe leaving just for a minute or two, see if she can settle, then go back and start patting. But in total, I'd probably do it over about 20 minutes because you and her will both be tired by that stage. And, and, but they do get it. So consistency again over three or four days and she'll reduce the time that you need to be there and pat her. Fantastic. Thank you, Pip, for your question. We hope that that helps. Um, We've also got a question here from Gabriella. She um, says there's a bit of rough and tumble going on between um, her siblings. So, uh, hi, Chris. My three-and-a-half-year-old doesn't stop being very rough with his little one-and-a-half-year-old sister. He usually does it to get our attention. Is there anything else we can do to stop this? Thank you very much. So some of this is playing. He's three-and-a-half and and he doesn't realise he's big and she's small. And it's all fun until there's tears. So they actually... They, a one-and-a-half-year-old can manage a little bit of rough and rough and tumble, but then the three-and-a-half-year-old doesn't know when to stop. So what I would do is, if you think it's play, I'd sort of get in before it turns to tears. So let them do it for a few minutes and then maybe step in and try and distract them or sort of join in so that you're in the middle of the two of them so that they're not. he doesn't get too physical with her. And then the second thing is that you actually would prefer them not to do it at all and because he's just a little bit rough for a little 15-month older. So in that case, every time they look like they're going to do it, I'd interject them and say to the three-and-a-half-year-old, can you come and help mummy um, get the Tupperware boxes out of the cupboard or make some muffins? So if you distract him from the behaviour, then he'll forget that that's how he gets attention from you and that he's getting a more positive attention by doing something with you. Even if it's something menial, he'll be happy to do it. Hand me the pegs while I peg the washing out or something along those lines. But that's where you're distracting him from the behaviour. So Mm -hmm. it's a choice whether you let them do it as a little bit of play and then step in or whether you're just going to distract him from doing it because he's a bit big for a 15 or an 18-month-old. Fantastic. Thank you very much, Chris and Gabriella, for that question. Um, We've got one here from May uh, who says, my two-year-old toddler still wakes up two to three times at night crying for me to carry or to sing her a song. Um, She will then go back to sleep if I pop pop in her room to see her. How do I get her to sleep through the night? This is a really tough one because she has to do it in a way herself And we need to give her um, some encouragement and some support. But the more that we physically do it for her, the more she's going to rely on us to help her out to go to sleep. So the first thing I would be asking is how much sleep does she take in the day? So making sure she hasn't overslept the day and so therefore she's got lots of energy to pop up at night. So a two, two, 
how old is she? Two. So she should have about an hour and a half sleep in the day. And from when she wakes up, we put her down about five and a half hours later. So if she goes sleeps from one till 2.30, she wouldn't be going to bed till 7.30. So one is to make sure your timing is right because she might be overtired when you put her to bed or you put her to bed too early and she's overslept in the day. So check that first. And then the next one is she's a two-year-old. So explain to her how you're going to change the behaviour around what, she do, what she's doing. So you say to her maybe something along the lines of... So she gets a song and she gets carried. So you might say to her, oh, mummy's not going to pick you up, but I'm going to stay here and I'm going to put my hand on you. And I would hum the song, not sing the song, because that means you're the only person who can do it. Because when daddy comes in and sings the song, it doesn't sound the right way. So maybe we'll start with just putting your hand on her and humming the song and then leaving. And then, you know, if she pops up again, give her a few minutes to try and settle, then go in, put your hand on her. So the first thing we've stopped doing is picking her up because once she's up, she thinks the world has started. So we're going to put her down and we're going to leave her down and we're going to encourage her to stay down, but you're there to give her some reassurance. So take the first step, check how much sleep she's having in the day and the timing. And then the second step is that you're going to change the behavior by giving, going in and reassuring her with your hand and humming the song and then leaving. And that's going to hopefully encourage her to sleep a little bit longer and a little bit longer and not needing that physical picking up to go back to sleep again. All right. Thanks, Chris. And thank you, May, for that question. This is Kindling Helpline. We are live on Facebook. If you've got a question, then please pop it in the comment section under the video. Or if you'd like to speak with um, Chris on the phone, then you can call us. The number is 1-800-KIDS-RADIO. That's 1-800-KIDS-RADIO. Um, we've got a question here from Catherine, who has a violent toddler. Oh. My friend's child is two, roughly two and a half years old and is very violent when being told no. Um, they can't have something. So, Sorry, they're violent when they're told yeah. they can't have something. Nothing seems to be working. Any tips? Okay, this can be a difficult one because at two and a half, he might be giving up his day sleep and he's a little bit fragile. That could be mm. one thing. But it sounds like there's a little bit of a history going on here. And the word violent is interesting because we don't know what that looks like. Like, is he scratching, biting, kicking, which is probably what he might mm. be doing. On average, a toddler gets told no 94 times a week. Wow. Uh, so no one likes being of, told no. <laughs> you can sort of understand why they turn off and lose it when they hear the word no. So in some of his behaviours, we're going to try something different. So if he's standing on the table, mm. your instinct is to go, get off the table, get down. Yeah. So uh, another way, and you have to stay really calm is, you can, can, can you put your bottom on the table? Can you put your bottom on, on the table? So you're trying to get him to do something safe, like sit down. Can you put your feet on the chair? Can you put your feet on the chair? Then can you put your feet on the floor? So that when you have to right. say no, it actually isn't something that tells him something's not going to happen. So you've got to use all these other strategies to get the word no, so that when you have to say no, such as if he's in danger, if he's doing something difficult, um you can actually mean it and follow through. So if he has a bit of a meltdown because you've said no, you actually can't jump off the wall because that would be dangerous, he is going to have a meltdown. You let him have it and then you distract him out of it. So let him have the meltdown and then you say to him, okay, now we're going to go and read a story. So don't go back over the 
I told you to get off the wall. The mm. wall is dangerous. No, you can't climb. Just, just to just to quickly um, butt in, oh, here, scratching, she's scratching and hitting, hitting, including throwing items at walls and people, like throwing a ball. So at she's you. really losing it. Uh, so yeah. when she gets to scratching and hitting, probably if you have a safe place to put her. So something that might work better here in this instance where she's actually being physical towards someone. Sometimes I get the old porticot out and put it in the corner. And when she's really losing it, I put her somewhere really safe. So if she started scratching, I'd pick her up, say, we don't scratch. And then I'd maybe put her in the tar- in the, in the porticot for a little bit of time out. Not, not a strategy of discipline as such, but you need to put her somewhere where she's safe. And once she's calmed down, then you can say, okay, now we're getting out and we don't scratch. But that is actually really common to scratch and hit. Mm. So, mm. but and, it's, and what about throwing things? Like throwing things mm. with the thing <laughs> in your hand, I just remove it. So yep. it depends what she's throwing. But if she's throwing a ball, mm. I just t- pick the ball up and and take it away for a little while. Yeah. So it's a little bit of a tough one. She sounds like she's you know a little bit out of control. But just think about the way we're talking to her we might be saying no an awful lot to her. So she's reacting because that's what she hears. Mm. Okay? Yeah. Good luck with that one. Thanks, Catherine, for that question. You are listening to Kindling Helpline. Again, thank you so much for all your questions. If you haven't if you haven't um, asked a question yet, we're here for another 15 or so minutes. So pop your question underneath the video or you can SMS 0437 665 We've got a question here from Zoe who's expecting twins. Congratulations. Yes. Um, so she's expecting twins next month. Yep. When would be a good time to see someone like you <laughs> to see if we are getting the twins in the right routine and um, our aim is to try to get them on the same routine. That's true. You're going along the right way Zoe in that generally speaking with twins I do a lot of work with twins is we keep them in the same window of behavior. So what that means is um, we feed them together and we sleep them together if you were bringing newborn twins home. So if you think about those early weeks of bringing them home, um, the two ways you can feed, you can either feed one right after the other. So you might have you start Jack feeding at 11 o'clock and as soon as you finish with Jack, you pick Jill up and feed. But the quicker way to do it is to feed them together. So you might even have to wake one little baby um, to get the feed going and then you want to sleep them together. So once we've finished the feeds and we've had our little cuddles, we actually put them down, we try and get them to sleep together. Mm-hmm. So that's the start of the rhythmic behaviour. Then it's going along really well and it's going to feel like it's falling apart and getting a little bit chaotic around the four-week mark. So that might be where you can get someone in to give you more advice about keeping them in pattern, in routine. Well, not so much routine, but in rhythmic pattern. So the start of teaching them the day and night pattern and all those sorts of things. So roughly around four weeks when you got your feet in a little bit more settled, then we'd start teaching you something from there. Excellent. Okay. So Chris, Good luck. Is, Chris is available <laughs> yeah. if you want to Come get in back. touch. <laughs> yes. Every Monday she'll be here. So if you've got any more questions, Zoe, once the twins arrive, then feel free to get back in touch with us. Um, I just wanted to pop in a quick question here from me, Chris, about sure. the weather at the moment in um, uh, yes. all across Australia. I mean, there's been a, a heat wave over the last week in yeah. many parts. Um, 
keeping babies cool, yeah. uh, particularly from birth to six months. I mean, I live in an apartment. It's a hot box. Yeah. So um, we face full west and it's, it's hot. It's a shocker. Yeah. But how? what are those cues to look out for when your baby might be overheating and then how yeah. can you keep them cool? So if we keep them in the little baby range, so from birth to maybe four months old because once they get over four months old they can move a little bit and they can keep themselves a little bit cooler so one is the way we dress them so pretty much in the last week they'd have a singlet and a nappy on and then we would wrap them in muslin if we're in the wrapping stage in the very young baby we'd wrap them in muslin but then I'd just tuck them in with muslin so it's muslin on muslin Um, they need the wrap to sort of feel secure and they need the tuck sometimes so they actually stay in place. And then I'd start cooling the environment. So if I knew it was 33 degrees today, I wouldn't have probably opened the blind in that room. I would put um, a pedestal fan in, like a tall standing fan, and I'd start moving the air in the room, Mm -hmm. okay, and oscillating it across the baby, not directly on the baby, but across the baby. Now, most babies will sleep in the heat, so they might, you might have to wake them at four hours. This is our little babies, but they'll pick it up at night when it's cooler, so they might feed every two and a half or three hours at Mm -hmm. night, and that's perfectly normal. So babies will often be a little bit calmer, a little bit quieter in the day when it's really hot. Mm. If you've got air conditioning, you can dress them as you have been doing. And we usually keep the air conditioning in or around 21 works really well. Okay. So that gives you the air conditioned babies. And to worry about babies, like, you know, if they've got a little bit dehydrated, um, you'll have light nappies or dry nappies. And if you have a concession, a concession, sorry, if you have, um, you know, consistently wet nappies, say over four to six hours, then I'd be getting a little bit concerned. Um, And if you find it difficult to wake them and they're pale and listless, I'd get a little bit concerned there too. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think just understand that feeding them every four hours in the day if they haven't woken under the four hours, but they might pick it up at night. And an oscillating fan does really do the trick. Fantastic. Thank you, Chris. Good luck. Yes, everyone. I hope you're staying cool wherever you are. (laughs) So um, we've got a question here from Marianne about self-settling at night. Um, She says, my six-month-old can self-settle and naps beautifully during the day, but will not even try to self-settle at night. She was done... um, down to one feed at night, but is now waking up to four times a night and needs boob for comfort um, to resettle. Oh, okay. So, Marianne, what we're going to do is go backwards a little bit here. So she can self-settle in the day really well, naps beautifully. Now, sometimes where the problem comes is in the day they don't need big sleeps, but her problem is actually resettling. So Mm -hmm. she can go down for a sleep and she might have an hour and a half sleep twice in the day for you. And she repeats that at night. So she starts waking up every two hours or three hours overnight. It's the same thing. She can't resettle. You don't see it in the day because she actually sleeps the length of time that we're looking for. So um, I, I have a little trick that I do here. So what I would do over three nights is the first time she wakes, I resettle her. So if you put her down at seven and she wakes at nine, I resettle her. Even if it takes you 45 minutes to resettle her, pick mm-hmm. her up, cuddle her, put her down, pat her, all of those things. The second time she wakes, you need to do a full feed. So both breasts, full feed, wake her up, make her feed properly so that she doesn't go into snacking all night. Mm-hmm. The third time she wakes, because we've got four wakes her, third time she wakes, we're going to resettle her. 
and the fourth time she wakes, we are going to um, settle, resettle her back to sleep again. It's going to take you about three nights, so do it over a weekend where you've got some help. But the other thing you need to think about with these babies who suddenly pick up feeds overnight, is she too tired when she feeds at 6.37 and she's not feeding properly? And therefore, she's continuously hungry overnight. So they're the two approaches. First, check how well she's sleep. I'm sorry, feeding at 6.37. And then start to do first wake up, resettle, second wake up, full feed, third wake up, resettle, fourth, a half feed. So And slowly it will bring it back around again. Good luck. Yes, good luck, Marianne. Thank you for your question. And this is the last question today on the helpline. Um, this one comes from Candice. Um, she's got a question about her one-year-old and settling. She says, my son just turned one and still wakes up at least once during the night. The only thing I can do to get him back to sleep is breastfeed him. When should I stop this or should I stop at all? Will he stop himself? He goes <laughs> down at 8 p.m. and wakes between 6.30 and 7.30 in the morning. Okay. So, uh, well, this is a very interesting one. The answer to should I drop it or not really depends on how that's working for you as a family. If he's waking once a night, you feed him for two minutes, he goes back to sleep and sleeps till 6.30 in the morning. It's really about the relationship between you and him. If you want to drop it and get him to try and sleep through the night, when he wakes up, maybe um, if your partner can go in for a few nights, because it seems to be that if he sees mum, he sees a breast and those two things go together. Mm -hmm. So maybe your partner could go in and help you out by trying to settle him. And just by laying him, one-year-olds aren't easy because they stand up on the cot. So you have to lay him down, put your hand on him, pat him till he's calm and quiet and then leave. Now, it might take you 20 minutes to do that. So should you stop it really is a question between you as a family. Um, Will he drop it himself? That's a very tricky one because if he carries one feed and as he drops sleep in the day, he might just start sleeping longer. But there's every chance he could also wake up more frequently at night because when he wakes up, he gets a breastfeed. So in this case, I, if it was me personally, I would try and wean him off his feeds at night to try and enhance him to sleep through the night for you. And I would get your partner or my partner to go in and pat, pat, pat and see if I can get them to settle him. And then within a couple of nights, he should start to sleep through. Okay, He doesn't have to cry it out at this stage. He doesn't know any different at the moment. So we have to teach him there's another way of going to sleep other than being breastfed. So hopefully that might help you out with what's going on here. And the only other thing I can think of is he might be a bit overtired when you put him to bed at 8 o'clock because he gets up at 6.30, oh, between 6.30 and 7.30. So he probably goes to bed between 7 and 8 at night. So he might be a little bit overtired when you put him down. So you know, have a look at maybe putting him to bed a little bit earlier to see if that helps. Putting them to bed earlier actually makes them sleep longer. Oh, that's a brilliant tip. Because <laughs> they're not overtired <laughs> when you put them down. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see how that goes, Candice, and thank you so much for your question today. And that is it for Kindling Helpline. If we didn't get to your question, um, don't forget to check out the Kindling Conversation podcast. We've got all our chats with Chris going back one or two years now so if you missed anything you can always go and and check out the podcast Um, and if you do want to reach out during the week if you've got a question that comes up you can send us a text message the numbers 0437 665 200 or shoot us an email that is conversation at kindling.com.au thank you so much chris for coming in it's been a pleasure 
Hi, we're the Beanies. Get your child off screens and into their imagination as we explore how bubbles are made. What's in a sneeze? Achoo! And what's with the weather today? Professor Know-It-All knows. Hello, Beanies. Hello. The The Beanies. A podcast just for kids. Subscribe now on iTunes or listen anytime on the Kindling app.